Hello and welcome to Word Equals Faith. This is your host, Jose Reynaldo Torres. Welcome, folks, welcome. Folks, the title of the message today is called The Woman at the Well. And folks, this is um, uh, found in the, in the book of John, chapter 4, which is a, a, a very long um, chapter, but it's so powerful. And I just wanted to highlight a, a, a few things there. Uh, today, I'm, I'm not really going to be reading from it. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's pretty uh, long chapter. And uh, just in the essence of time, I wanted to cover uh, at least three points that spoke to me so so clearly and, and, and it just both faced it both faced itself to me uh, as I read this chapter. Uh, one of my favorite ones, the woman at the well. And, and it's such a powerful message. Uh, we have this woman. Let me tell you a little bit about this woman before we uh, dive in. This woman, first and foremost, uh, Samaritan, Jewish person mixed with someone else. Right. It's a, a interracial. Right. Um, it, in Jesus time, um, a Samaritan was pretty much an outcast. They didn't, uh, and it made sense if you look at the Jewish um, practice and uh, their religious uh, beliefs. And it ties into how the the Jews had to be of a pure race uh, in order to mostly apply more to the Levitical priests, right? It had to come where the Levitical priests were the ones that were uh, going to offer the gifts and uh, pray on behalf of the community and so on and so forth. So it had to be from the line of uh, Aaron, right, which was Moses' brother. And because of that, obviously, it made sense to uh, have uh, a, be, a, be of the same race, right? You can really mix because other, others were considered pagan, right? They, they were worshiping other gods and other things and so on and so forth. So in order for them to keep that practice uh, as as whole as possible, they had to do that. Right. And it makes sense in, in, in uh, that case. However, with the Samaritans, it was it was at, at another level. Right. It was at a level where now they were being rejected. They were being oppressed and they were even isolated. Right. That that area of Samaria was um, an area where these mixed uh, interracial uh, folks would live, right? It was just dedicated for them. Now, the Jews wouldn't even pass through. The Jews wouldn't even pass through that area. If they were on a journey and it would, their journey would be shortened somewhat by cutting through Samaria, they wouldn't do it. They would just go around. And even if it was an hour extra, uh, they would do that. Uh, it came to that, right? In Jesus' time, that is. Uh, also, the uh, Samaritans, when a Jew and a Samaritan were coming face to face, one one of them or even both would uh, one would go to the right, the other one would go to the left. There would be no eye contact. They wouldn't even walk on the same sidewalk. That's how that's how intense it got between them. And here it is. We're going to read about the Samaritan woman. How she has that those strikes against her. Right. She has the. Um, strike that first and foremost she's a Samaritan I mean she's uh, half Jew half something else or maybe uh, a quarter of Jew and a quarter of a Greek and a 
quarter Serbian, who knows, right? They don't really give the, uh, the uh, they don't break it down that way, but they do know, they do identify her as a Samaritan, as a, as a Samaritan woman. Uh, so strike number one, number two, a woman, right? So she's female and she's uh, a Samaritan. So it's two strikes against her. Number three, she is an unwed woman. She has had five husbands and the one that she is currently with is not her husband. So here she is, an unwed woman with multiple partners, another strike against her. So here we, we have these three strikes against her and um, we're looking at this uh, passage where Jesus intentionally goes through Samaria, Samaria, right? He just goes through that area. He's at the well. And mind you, uh, today we have this running water. We have, um, you know, water service, right? We have delivery. We, we can have water delivered at our homes. You know, they come with these big containers. And, uh, and you see the delivery person come with this big container and, and they actually bring that in a hand truck, right? From their truck to your door in a hand truck. Sometimes they'll pick that up, right? It depends on where you live and so on and so forth. Uh, but you have, we have that service, right? We have that service to be able to, uh, first and foremost, go buy water. We have water, running water in our homes and we can opt to have a delivery service like what I just described. Uh, but in the time of the Samaritan woman, there was no, there was no uh, indoor plumbing. There was no service, right? This was like, if you wanted water, you had to go and in her case, she had to go up this mountain, up this mountain on a hot day. Obviously, they try to go there during the cool of the day. So this way there is uh, they don't have to deal with the challenges of first and foremost, they're going up this hill. Right. The wells were made in hills so that they can dig deep. The deeper they can dig this well, the more water they will have access to. And sure enough, this. Um, wells up in the hill so you have to go up this hill number one number two you have to carry this this uh, jug as, as I mentioned the delivery folks use a hand truck right there was no hand trucks in those days plus you couldn't really get a hand truck up that hill it would be a, a, a lot more challenging to do something like that it would be more efficient to just carry it uh, the containers back in those days were made out of plastic so here, here we have these delivery folks delivering water to your residents and they're using equipment. They're using the hand truck. They're using, you know, plastic to, to put this uh, water in there. So it's, it's not as heavy, but they have these things to aid them. This woman was not using any of those things. She was actually uh, a clay jar is what they used. This was their containers back then. It was made out of ceramic. It was made out of clay, right? This is heavy alone without the water this thing is heavy and mind you she's got to go up this hill to this well go down there and crank up this bucket that has this uh water and then pour that into the it, it, it was it was a lot of work just getting water back then and here it is she's going up to this well and she has one of the most powerful encounters that anyone's ever gonna gonna have and that is an encounter with the promised Messiah, with Jesus himself. 
And we're going to we're going to see from her how how he is that Messiah. He is the Christ. And how do we know that? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but the woman is there with him and Jesus asks her for for water. And immediately she says she has an issue with that because she says that how is it that you being a Jew are asking me for a drink? So here it is right there, right? We, we first and foremost, they don't talk to each other. They don't look at each other. They don't share the same road with each other. They will cross the street, basically, not to have that eye to eye contact. And here it is. A, a, a Jew, which is Jesus, asking, speaking to a woman. Now, mind you, this is this is like unheard of. This is not done in Jesus' time. It, it, this is not the way things. Um, they don't engage in that manner. This is just out of the ordinary for for the woman. She just can't believe what's happening here, and she calls him out on that. However, Jesus tells her. <laughs> If you knew who it is that's asking you for water, you would ask me for living water. And that gets her attention, right? Because here it is, as we mentioned, she's going up and down this hill to get water. She's tired of doing that, basically. Anybody would be tired of doing that, right? Anyone would, even us today, right? We, we go buy water and, or we have uh, filters in our, in our sinks and uh, fil or filters in our refrigerators that filter out our water for us, right? We, we want that convenience, right? We don't want to go and uh, have to dig a well and then have to go in there and, and bring this uh, heavy bucket and pour it into our heavy jar and things of that nature or container. It's, it's a lot of work. So this woman is like, hey, you got my attention now. How do I get this living water, right? And he says to her, go get your husband and I'll tell you all about it. And she says to him, well, I, I don't have a husband. And he's like, you're right. You don't have one. You have had five. But the one that's with you now is not your husband. So here it is. Jesus um, calls her right back out. But in a loving, kind and careful way. So that's point number one right there where we, we can, you know, point out. Our, our sinful nature to one another, but we have to do it in a gentle way to see how Jesus is doing it. He could have really, really brought down a hammer on her, uh, but he didn't do that. He still chooses to witness to her and tell her all these things, but he focuses more on how she can be saved. How can she get this living water, which is that Holy Spirit, right? How can I get that living water inside me? How do I go about that? And that was the focus of the conversation. It wasn't about her sinful nature, though he could have went that route easily, could have went that route easily. And and um, that may have convicted her to the point where she wouldn't want to even continue to talk further with him. However, he they stay engaged in that conversation. And it's such a powerful, powerful conversation that they had with one another that she Ask some plain and simple, she says to him, hey, the, are you a prophet? Because you're telling me all these things. However, when the Messiah comes, he is going to tell us all these things. He's going to reveal all these things, how we shall worship, where we shall worship, and so on and so forth. And here Jesus tells her, 
plain and simple. I am he who speaks with you. He introduces himself to the woman at the well who's been an outcast. She's got all these strikes against her, according to humanity, that is, according to mankind, that is, not according to Jesus, right? Because Jesus can overlook all those things when he sees her heart, a heart of passion, a heart that wants to love but can't find that love. She's been used and manipulated by men, believe it or not. They've been manipulating her. They want to, to be with her in a, in, a, in, a, in, in a sexual way. As you see, he's called it and, and, and mentioned it, but he didn't, he didn't dwell on that, right? He moved past that to show her, hey, we've all committed sin, and we've all gone about doing things that we ought not to do. However, I'm going to give you the opportunity to make it right. And he knew that her heart was ripe for the picking. He knew that she had this desire and passion to serve, to worship, and to have a close and personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And she, she, here, she is given that opportunity at the well, out of all places, out of all places. And Jesus says to her, um, as they are having this dialogue, uh, and again, brothers and sisters, you guys can find this as it is in John chapter 4, verse 1 through 45 is basically the conversation between the, the woman at the well and Jesus, right? And you're going to see some, that, that powerful uh, dialogue that I'm, that I'm telling you about. And again, I'm, I'm summarizing in, in, in respect to our time here and in, uh, in essence to uh, keep it short-sighted. You will understand basically what is going on. I'm giving you the Jose Torres flavor, obviously, right? This is like me just giving you a, a summary of their conversation, the points that really jump out at me, which is how Jesus gives up the recipe to be saved and how to worship. He says to her, um, you don't know what you're worshiping. And uh, because she approaches him about that and says, hey, I, I take it that you're a prophet and I take it that you're now you're saying to me, you're the Messiah, but where are we to worship there? We're told that we ought to worship in Jerusalem. But Jesus says, no. Worship starts at the heart, basically, is what he's teaching her. He says that the Father is a spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. And says, you shall worship him in spirit and in truth. That means if we want to really, truly worship our Lord and Savior, our Creator, our God, we are, it starts in our heart. It starts in our spirit. We close our eyes and we, and we start there in the spiritual realm, worshiping Him, praising Him, speaking to Him, praying to Him. It all starts in that spiritual realm. And that's what Jesus is teaching. This woman that no one wants to do, deal with. I mean, the other women, she's there by herself because the other women don't want anything to do with her. Can you imagine, you know, a group of women just gossiping and talking about her past and, and uh, pointing that out? It's gotten to the point where she's now doesn't even want to go up there when those women are up there. She's going by herself. And that encounter with Jesus was so powerful. It was so powerful that she goes leaves the 
she leaves the the uh, container behind, and she goes and starts to witness, witness to the men, and tells the men, "Hey, come and see." A man that told me everything. Is this not the Messiah? And the way that she presents presents that question to the men is so that they now uh, are not now they're they're on the hook basically, right? They want the Messiah. Hey, we've been waiting for the Messiah, and, and you're telling us that you just had a conversation with the Messiah. God, we got to see this for ourselves. And sure enough. They go and they and they also see it for themselves. And they and they give testimony that we don't only believe because of what you told us, but because we have seen it for ourselves. We have engaged Jesus for ourselves. We have had a dialogue with our with Jesus. And we've seen it. So we believe is what he says. So that's the power of this whole encounter, how Jesus can use a, a person that was rejected by humanity, a person that is a sinner, a person that, that is all alone, a person that uh, feels like they've been discriminated. And Jesus can use a person like that to go and witness, to go and witness and bring souls to Christ. So that's amazing. Brothers and sisters, that's why I wanted to share this with you today, because first and foremost, if you fit any of those criteria, and we all do, right? We may not all be females. We may not be all the women at the well. This could have easily happened with one of those men. But would those men have the same passion that this woman had? Jesus went specifically to meet that woman. It doesn't say that in the, in the scripture, right? But as, as you read it and you see that he could have gone through the longer route, he could, Jesus could have had um, a time where there was nobody there that well. Remember, Jesus is, this, is God in the flesh. He, he, he just turned in the previous chapters in, John, in, in the book of John. You're going to read where he, his first miracle was converting water into wine so if and you can hear that in uh that message that i have uh the the best wine uh you'll see where jesus uh, does that miracle right where or you can read it for yourself in the in the first couple of chapters of the book of john where jesus converts the water into wine so he has power over water he can he could have made a spring of water come out of that well and just drank for himself he could have done anything, but he went there specifically to use that woman that was rejected, that woman that was so uh, down on herself, a woman that was oppressed, a woman that no one wanted anything uh, to do with her other than men uh, using her for, for us, for pleasure. And uh, she had all those strikes against her, and, and Jesus still saw an opportunity to use someone like that in his kingdom and to allow that person to come clean allow that person right because she said it um she did say i have no husband and he says you're right you have had no five and the one that's with you right now is not your husband so that's that's a way of getting it out 
right? This is a way of getting out your sin, confessing it, and putting it behind you, and repenting from it. As you saw, she accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. She knew this was the Messiah, and she was so passionate and excited about that that she left that jug. Remember, we just spoke about how we today uh, have delivery service, and we'll get this water delivered to us, or we get it from our um, running water um, with filters or filtration systems and so on and so forth. <clears throat> Excuse me. But this woman didn't have that luxury. She had to walk up this hill in the heat of the sun sometimes, in the hot days. She had to go up there. She had to wait her turn. She had to wait till these women had finished or whoever was up there had finished getting water for her to go up there so that she wouldn't have to go through discrimination or gossip or ridiculed or, or, or have fingers pointed at her, right? And here it is. She leaves that jug behind to go and witness. To go and witness. Because if you read that passage, she goes and she talks to the men and starts telling them, I had just met the Messiah. I just finished speaking to him. He told me all these things about me. Is not this the Messiah? And he told me more things. And so here's the, here's the witness right here where Jesus can use a person that has been rejected, that no one wants anything to do with, and yet she's bringing souls to Jesus. Because the bottom line is here, where they go, where the men go to see for themselves. They're not really taking this woman's word for it. They're going to go and see for themselves. And that's when Jesus reveals himself to them as well. And reveals that he is this promised Messiah that they've all been waiting for. Amazing, right? So brothers and sisters, you know, we're, we're going to fit that, that model. It's humanity, right? It's people. In this planet that put labels on them. We put labels on each other. We discriminate one another. We hate one another for no reason whatsoever. Just because somebody has said something or something happened and, and people hold grudges over that and carry it from one generation to the next. And, and as you see here with the Samaritans, right? They, they, be, they even have their own area where they live, right? They, they're not allowed to live with uh, the rest of, of, of the uh, community. So this discrimination, right? And we see it today at all levels, though the world's getting a lot better. It's, it's amazing that we are getting together. We're learning from one another. And that's how it should be. That's what Jesus is teaching us, right? Jesus never rejected that woman. He actually witnessed to her and revealed himself to her as the Messiah and allowed her to go and start witnessing. Isn't that amazing? So brothers and sisters, we, we may be called by him. We may be having this encounter with Jesus any day now, through his people here on earth, through his scripture, or just by him coming to you the way he chooses to come to you and the way he chooses to have a relationship with you so that you too can be one of his witnesses. So, brothers and sisters, I hope this message uh, touched you in the, the way it's touched me. And I pray that for some of you, it may be confirmation for others. It's uh, something that you've already known. And for others, it's something new. So with that being said, 
Stay blessed.